0: Thank you for the goodness that you pour out upon each and every single one of us. Thank you that you are for us and not against us, Father God. Thank you that you love us. Thank you for the sacrifices that you have poured out, Father God, to be in relationship with us and to give us freedom. Thank you, Father.
1: come to this place this morning to give you praise. Everyone that agrees says, Amen. You are worthy of praise, Jesus. This is no, this is no
2: performance, Lord, I pray it's worship, empty words I can't afford. Let's get our clap on, come on not chasing feelings that's not why i'm singing you're the reason for my song i only wanna sing if i sing with everything if i sing for you my king it's all to let you high Whoa. we give you praise we give you worship Jesus you don't want perfection just my soul's attention all oh, I is one I'll give. You're more than a song, Jesus. You're more than a song that lasts for a moment. I'll live a life of honest worship if I'm here to sing and I sing with purpose. All oh, the praise well. of Jesus I only wanna sing if I sing with everything. I sing for you, my King, oh, I can't imagine why I would do this all for high because it's all to
0: We lift you high. We lift you high in this place. Thank you, God. Be glorified, be honoured in our lives, in this place, in our city, in our nation. Be glorified in Jesus' Name. Amen. Welcome to church this morning. Isn't it good to come in and to be able to Praise and glorify our Almighty God. Isn't that great? Are you excited about that? Good. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, give Him a hand. Give our God an incredible hand. Thank you, God. You may be seated. Well, it's great to see you today. Thank you nearly three weeks away and I have missed my church family. Oh thank you thank you so much. So good to be back. Sheridan's gonna share a little bit about our time away shortly so that's gonna be good isn't it? If you're here for the first time today then we give you a special welcome. It's great to have you with us today and and we would love it if you if you haven't already received a welcome pack, then please pick one up on your way out on the right in the foyer there. There should be someone to meet you there. There's some white gift bags to, to pick up on your way out. But enjoy the morning with us this morning. It's great to have you with us. We're gonna celebrate the birthdays. And I hear that there's a birthday girl with us today. Sue Langley. <laughs> Come and stand with me, birthday people. you've had a birthday in the past week or a wedding anniversary, Charlotte, happy birthday. Awesome. Owen, where are you? <laughs> happy birthday, Dylan. Going to school tomorrow. Five years old. That is so cool. How awesome. Very exciting. Anniversary. Oh, come on, hubby. <laughs> come and join. Come and get your chalky. Did you get your chalky? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you get your chalky? Oh, good. Oh, look at all these wonderful people. a wedding anniversary, congratulations, 15 years, (laughs) fantastic, okay church let's stand, let's pray a blessing over our church family, Father thank you for your family, we declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year, activate your love and goodness through each one, in Jesus name, Amen. Great to celebrate. Well, our our uh, missionaries have said they've been saying thank you so much to your church for your postcards. If you wrote a postcard, then thank you to you. There's a few notes up there from a few of them Sherrod and I got to personally hand the postcards to Grant and Vicky this past week in Hong Kong so that was fantastic to do that and they did say that they did shed a tear or two as they read the postcards so thank you church some lovely notes there, isn't there? we've got Ian Green with us next Sunday that's going to be fantastic isn't it Yes, it's going to be a great, a great Sunday next Sunday. Now, I do have some, uh, some not so celebrationary news to share with you. It's some pretty sad news that Graham, uh, Graham Fullerton, or Fully, as many of us know him as, he passed away suddenly on Wednesday morning this past week. And while that is incredibly sad for us, because we will miss him, he's normally sitting right back there. And we really missed him in the nine o'clock this morning, his beautiful face sitting there. While it's sad for us, I know that he is going to be rejoicing and partying because he had already farewelled his beautiful wife and both of his children. So he's gonna be with his heavenly Father, partying it up. He'll be ready to welcome us when we get there, when it's our time. But we still grieve, don't we? We grieve because we don't see him until we get there. So I I wanna pray for us as a church family this morning. And also if you would like to uh, go along to his funeral service that is held tomorrow, Monday at 1.30 at Graceway Church on Gray Street and all are welcome to that. You might like to take a plate to contribute to afternoon tea. So God, I thank you for Graham. We honour his life today. We honour him, incredible man of God, the incredible man that he has played in many of our lives. We honour him. And God, I pray for all of those who grieve. God, I pray that uh, your comfort and your peace would be with each one. In Jesus' name, amen. It would be great to celebrate his life tomorrow. Uh, just to let you know, we would have sent a couple of emails out uh, giving that news of Graham's uh, passing but if you didn't receive those emails it probably means that you're not on our on our email list there is a little card in the front of your seat in the seat pocket there that you can fill in your details and just fill it out and then pop it into the red letter box at the back or one of the giving boxes in the foyer and that will, um, will pop you onto our e-news and you'll receive all of the up to date information that would be great to do that Pastor Trevor, are you here? How about you give Pastor Trevor a hand as he comes to share what's coming up this week.
3: Does anyone get the feeling that leadership capacity could increase a bit in America at the moment? <clears throat> what about New Zealand? What about Hamilton? Our, our church really wants to take this seriously about raising up great leaders for the future. And so we are kicking off a, a new organisation called Business Plus within the church, <clears throat> where we're going to have um, groups of like-minded people joining together for business development and character development and growth. And this Thursday, we're kicking off with a big public meeting with Mark Powell, who is the, was the CEO of the Warehouse Group up until the beginning of this year. He's got a great story to tell, he's got some great um, business experience, and uh, more than that, he's also a passionate Christian. So we're going to hear the side of him that makes him who he is. <clears throat> ideal situation, ideal in, um, event to invite friends to, but you've got to register real fast, closing right now, so you can see me after the service and I can put you straight in, or if you get one of these, it's got the email address there for you to register. If you can do that by tomorrow, please, that would be great. Look forward to seeing you. Please support this as a, as a great kickoff for where we're going in the future. Thank you.
0: Great. Fantastic. So get your registrations in. I understand that there's a number of registrations coming in from outside of Activate. It's been in the paper and everything. So make sure you get your registrations in and it'll be a great night on Thursday night. Well, kids, you're in for a great morning this morning. May God bless your teachers and your leaders. Aren't they amazing? How about the kids all give a hand? to your incredible leaders and their parents. Aren't they incredible? Yeah. And bless the kids too. Go and have a great morning. We have the five to 12 year olds going that way and the three and four going that way. Yes. Leanne, would you like to come and share with us what is happening tomorrow night? You get to go to the movies,
4: people. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Leanne, and um, I am a volunteer with Hagar Hamilton, and we're putting on a documentary tomorrow night. It's called Nefarious Merchant of Souls. Now, it's a hard-hitting documentary. It's actually about the sex sex trade across the globe. And it's a very well done documentary. It talks about the different sides. So there's people that are in it, people who are involved in making it happen. There are people who are helping make change, whether it be in government or um, charities that are, that are working with victims of sex trafficking. So um, I just really want to encourage you to come along. I've got tickets available out here in the foyer if you'd like to purchase those today. We do have an FPOS option. And they're also online through Eventbrite. So if you want to secure your seat, um, yeah, make sure you get onto that. That's tomorrow night, um, the 15th of August at 7.30 p.m. Now you're probably wondering, nefarious, that's a really strong word. Yes, it is. And it's a very um, real thing happening in our world today. Um, there's estimated that there's 21 million slaves in the world today. It is a $99 billion industry. It is just behind the drug trade. So, unfortunately, it's not an easy thing to ignore. It's something that is happening in our world, and often the slavery in our world today is in the form of sex trafficking. Um, people are kidnapped. Uh, they come, um, yeah. From all sorts of horrible situations, we—I'm part of Hagar, which helps people who are coming out of the worst kind of abuses. Um, Hagar works with women and children who are um, who are then uh, able to come to recovery, where they are helped in a shelter. They are offered counselling, education. We offer them. Um, we even work with victims, so we can take the perpetrators to court. Uh, We have Job Placement. It's a very um, thorough organisation that pretty much the motto of Hagar is whatever it takes for as long as it takes to restore a a broken life. And um, I, I became part of Hagar when I went to Cambodia and I met a lot of, children over there and people in villages and suddenly I became aware that it was a very real thing that these children were getting sold and I saw Hagar, I saw what they did, I saw they did it well and I wanted to be a part of it and so part of tomorrow night is the proceeds that we raise go towards Hagar. We're in Vietnam, Vietnam, Cambodia and Afghanistan um, and over 20 years we've helped 15,000 over 15,000 people. Um, so if you can come tonight, you won't regret it. It's very informative. It's full of hope. It's shocking, but there's a very also a great message that comes out of it. And um, if you can't come and you want to give in any way towards Hagar, the church is involved in that too. Um, I'd really love for you to come. And if you have any questions, come and see me afterwards. Thank you. $20.
0: Thanks, Leanne. So as part of Global Missions, we are um, a part of this. Isn't that great? We get to um, see a change take place. So if you are a little bit unsure about the movie, I recommend checking out the trailer. Um, And it is recommended for over 16 years, isn't it? Yeah, so over 16 years, uh, it'll be a very interesting to go and go to the Lido tomorrow night at the movies. Get your tickets after the gathering. We're gonna continue in our worship together. Isn't that a privilege to gather together and continue in our worship as a corporate gathering? That is quite a privilege because not everyone gets to do that. So let's make the most of this moment now as we worship our God Almighty. Let's open up our lives to Him and let's give Him our all. Let's stand together. This morning, the Lord's wanting to draw us to the verse, find rest in me. Find rest in me. In me alone, says God. Don't find rest to the right, to the left. Find rest in me.
1: thanksgiving of gratefulness just arise in your spirit start to give him thanks this morning thank you Jesus thank you God thank you Lord Jesus thank you, thank you over and above all things all people Jesus I thank you for your kindness I thank you with your for your mercy for your grace I Thank you for your peace, for your love, your unconditional love to us. Thank you for your provision, thank you for relationships, thank you for life, thank you for health, thank you for friends, thank you for family. Thank you this morning, Lord. Thank you this morning, Lord. Come on, let it rise up out of you this morning. Open your mouth. Sing it to the King of Kings. There is none beside you, none. You're the centerpiece. Thank you for connecting us with the Father. Thank you for connecting us with the Father's love. We honor you and we worship you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence amongst us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to breathe life on every person, in every person this morning. I really encourage you to open yourself for Him this morning, and I had the senses I was preparing today just of a, a gentle rustling in the leaves, gentle wind, refreshing. from you this morning, love to You in this place. We love. One more time, why don't we put our hands together and speak as well. Give Jesus a big praise. a couple of people around you and give them a high five and tell them God is good all the time? Well, just before I crack off, there's a a couple of things here that I want to um, reinforce that that had that uh, happen. If I get my words, I'm still a little bit jet lagged, don't worry about me. Just interpret as I go. Um, we've got a great week coming up. We've got the Business Plus event on Thursday night. It's going to be outstanding. And uh, with Mark, you know, if your work were sending you to hear him, probably cost you five or six. Hundred, well cost your workplace or you five or six hundred dollars a head to go and hear him for a night. And um, you're getting it for free. Wow. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two people thought so. Yeah, yeah, it's outstanding. And I think you should go and see him because he's going to develop some leadership in your life. Which is good because we all have a degree of leadership in our life. It takes a certain degree of leadership to get up in the morning and get here. You've all done that today. Well done. Yeah. Very good. It takes a certain degree of leadership just to get that to happen. And, uh, but you imagine how more you could be effective as leadership is developed. And I think he will inspire you. I think he will... Uh, give you some tools to equip you and I'd be here now you might be saying look I'm not a businessman or whatever so what? come come set your goals high come he might plant then he's talking God might plant a seed in you for the future who knows who you could be in the future you know who knows who you could be Uh, Jay was joking with me yesterday about um, one of his mates reckons he's going to be prime minister so Jay's going to be his bodyguard (laughs) Oh, that's pretty cool. But who knows? Why not? Why not? You know, you limit yourself, you limit yourself, eh? And the other one is, um, you know, that movie with Haggai. I think that'll be pretty good. And um, there's real issue happening around the globe with um, slavery and sex, sexual slavery, all this kind of stuff. And um, as part of reshaping global mission this year... We really have a conviction that that's one of the areas we need to be involved with as a church. It's, it's not something you can overlook. It's a, it's a massive blight uh, on our planet, and, and it's something that we need to be involved with, and that'll be very educational, it'll be helpful. As you, um, as you bring your faith promise offerings in this year, uh, part of that will be going toward these issues. And um, we haven't quite landed, except, we really like Hagar, but whether we go just with Hagar or a couple of, we're still trying to land that, but we are putting our attention in that direction because it's, it's very, very good. So I encourage you in that. It'll be great. Well, it's nice to be home. Thank you. Thank you, Owen. It's nice to go away, isn't it? But when you go to the UK, it always feels like a good idea. And then on that second flight, you go, what are we doing? This is a long way, man. This is crazy. But anyway, it's nice to be home. It was an honour to go away, and it was an honour to, to be part of the representation there for New Zealand at the Apostolic Church UK's centenary celebration. 100 years, 1916. I've got that right, haven't I? 1916, it all kicked off. And so we got to celebrate 100 years with the movement. The Apostolic Church, now if you haven't been around here for long, uh, we are part of Axe Churches New Zealand. Acts Churches is the apostolic movement of New Zealand. We just changed the name a few years ago. But the apostolic movement movement is in around 100 countries now and um, has around about, I think it was, 14 or 15 million people attached, which is pretty exciting, isn't it? That's good. We're part of a big family. We're not doing this on our own. Part of a big family now. uh, Most of those people are actually in Africa, and uh, it's really booming there. But um, it's really good to be part of a big family. And we enjoyed our time at the the centenary celebration. um, I brought a few things back with me, gentle reminders, like whatever you do, you can never invest too much in young people. It was an aging congregation. And I thought, or did God speak to me? I don't know. I thought, whatever you do, Sheridan, you can never invest too much in young people. The next generation... And um, I really encourage us to carry that attitude as we do life and as we do life as a church particularly. And so perhaps if you're my age and older and some of the things that happen sometimes, you go, oh, man, it feels a bit young. Good, good. <laughs> Just suck it up. Because they are the generation that are coming through and they're going to lead us on into greatness. And we've got to do what we can to equip them. So uh, we... we um, We started the journey in Ireland, and um, I preached in both of the apostolic churches in Dublin. I believe, actually, they're the only apostolic churches in that part of Ireland. And so that was really exciting. Developed a great friendship with the pastor there, and um, hopefully you'll get to meet him next year. He's a good guy. He's got a haircut like mine, and um, actually he plays the trumpet too, believe it or not. So, yeah, another one. So... Yeah, they're they're great. Then we had the uh, centenary and um, uh, then we had the privilege of stopping in Hong Kong on the way home and spending a couple of days with Grant and Vicky McAllister there and that was really nice. They've, uh, They've had 14 places they've lived in in the last six months and the day we arrived was the day they settled into their new home so we were their first guests so that was really nice and it was nice to spend a day or two with them. Well this morning, we all have a small window, all of us. We have a small window of time to leave our mark or our impact on the planet. And that's all we got, a small window of time. You've got a window, and I don't know how big your window is. Hey, I don't know how big my window is. All I know is I've got a window and I've got to make the most of my window. You see, in my window, I'm either going to happen to the world or the world's going to happen to me. And I'm determined that in my window, I'm going to happen to the world, that I'm going to leave a mark, that I'm going to leave a legacy, that there will be something left behind because I took hold of my window of time and with God or God with me, we left a mark of some description behind, and I pray it'll be a, a mark that is helpful for the kingdom. I pray that it'll be a mark that brings glory to God. But we only have a window. I, I love the Olympics that are happening at the moment. In case of jet lag the other day, so I watched them at four a.m. and, and I was inspired by the athletes. They've worked so hard for their moment of glory. And who knows that for some of them it doesn't end up being glorious. I saw this morning that one of our Kiwi cyclists crashed out of her heat. Um, Valerie Adams, you know, she was, yeah, it was looking good for a gold, wasn't it? And then all of a sudden that American girl, I hope they do the old <laughs> on her and check it all out. But, <laughs> but I'm sure she's okay. It uh, just all came together for her. Let's give credit where credit's due. But poor Valerie, she went from the gold to the silver. It's awesome. She got a silver medal. Unbelievably. That, that, is, that is fantastic. But, but these athletes train so hard and dedicate their whole lives that when this little window of time opens before them, they're going to throw themselves in there and they're going to give it their absolute best. Well, you and I have a window as well, and my prayer is that you throw yourself at your window and make the most of it not your glass window when you go home. Your window of time. And my observation is that most of us live passionless lives. And if we live a passionless life, we're not going to throw ourselves into this window of time that we've got. We'll be quite happy just to get through the window of time. But God has so much more for you, and He has so much more for me. But we've got to crank up the passion. Now, I um, got off track on the last gathering, but I think it was a God thing, so I'm going to try and go there again. And, and uh, the Waikato is fairly passionless coming from spending so long in Canterbury. You know, one-eyed Cantabrians, they say that for a reason. They are a people who have got passion for their province. And the one thing I noticed when we shifted to the Waikato was the passion was not the same here. In any area of life, I saw the way the people, I'm not talking to you directly now, but I saw the way the people dressed. And I went, where's that little bit of flair? It's not there. For goodness sake, you can go out in the city in the evening and see people walking around in their pyjamas. That's flair. That's flair. And then the opposite end of the scale, you go down Victoria Street at late night and you've got all the young ladies walking around there thinking they've got some flair but just looking like they're at a meat market. There's something horribly wrong. The passion in this city, in this area, I think more than any other area in New Zealand, the Waikato has this cloud of apathy on it, which stops over it, which stops people rising into their God given and God called potential. And we can easily sit back and just ride through our window of time. Or we can decide that we're going to get on the front foot and go, man, I'm going to leave my mark. I'm going to leave a difference on the planet. I'm going to leave a difference on my city. I'm going to leave a difference on my family. I'm going to leave a difference on my friends. I'm going to leave a difference in my school, in my university, in my workplace. I'm going to live with passion. I'm going to see something take place. We uh, did a day trip at the conference, and we went to Wales. And Wales is the birthplace of the apostolic church. 1904 to 1906, there was a revival in Wales. It came out of prayer meetings, just saying. That was the catalyst. People were praying. And there was a revival. It lasted two years. Quarter of a million people gave their lives to Christ. It changed the nation, and it touched the world. Absolutely touched the world. We're a result of it on this this. You know, we're on the other. You can't get much further away from Wales than where we are right now. And and it touched the planet. Let me show you. We, we visited. We visited Maria Chapel. You gotta look at this next one really, really quick because it's gonna flash up. It's gonna move on. I tried to fix it just then and I couldn't. That's Maria Chapel. There we go. <laughs> that was a small window of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we visited Moriah Chapel. There was in a place, you say, something like Lochel or something like that in, in, um, in Wales. Uh, this is inside the chapel. It's not very big. It has a balcony. It's not very big. I love these bits here. See these little uh, vertical lines? Can you see those? They are in the seats. I'm thinking of bringing this in. I've learned something while I was away. You see, you literally paid for your seat in church. Great idea. So if you've got a family of four, you paid for four slots, and then they put a divider in. Pretty cool, eh? Not so good if you've got a whole lot of kids. cost you a fortune. But there you go. Anyway, that's inside, the te- that's inside Ma- Ma- Mariah. Um, th- that's in a place called Locker, which is, is near Cardiff. You go up into a valley. It's kind of a nowhere place. If you're Welsh, I don't want to... Um, I don't want to insult you, but this place is a, a kind of a nowhere place. You know, it's Upper Valley, in the middle of nowhere, there's a few houses and some farms and bits and pieces, but it's not really like, God, if you could choose anywhere in the world to start a revival, why would he choose there? I have no idea. There's just nothing. Yeah, I do actually. They were praying. Just drop that in again for free. They were praying. And... um. Anyway, so this is the place. Now, actually, next door to this place is another little place. And, um, and in the other little place is where they were having the prayer meeting that they say it actually, that's when the Welsh Revival broke out, the starting place. So this is the home church of Evan Roberts, who's regarded as kind of the key figure in the, in the Welsh, uh, human figure in the Welsh Revival. And um, that's me there standing in his pulpit, which is pretty cool. And, um, and so Evan Roberts was there. So we're here and um, we're, we're in that place, feeling the atmosphere of that place. They're telling us some of the stories that took place. And so I'm hearing the stories of the Roush revival. I'm standing in one of the buildings where God was moving sovereignly. And then I walk outside and there's Evan Roberts' grave. Just a window of time, a really small window of time. Hear the stories, inspired to be in the place where it happened, look at the man's grave. Then we moved on to another place called Pennygrove's. And we went to a place called the temple, and this is the birthplace of the apostolic church, 1916. This is where it happened, and this is the original building they built. And so there's Jan waving out the door. It's not a hugely spectacular place, is it? But what happened there touched the world. Touched again, we're, we're a result of that. Uh, the founder of the movement's name was D.P. Williams, Daniel Powell Williams. The gentleman under him is Warren Jones, who used to be the leader of the apostolic church in the UK. He gave us some history. Brilliant storyteller. Amazing. So we go to this place, and we... we um, not quite the same sense of history inside because I've modernized it, but it's the original building. And we hear the stories of how God moved and the, the power that God showed and the way he touched people's lives. And I look at the building and I'm like, wow, that's cool, we're in this amazing place of history. And then I walk outside around the side and I look at his grave. And I go, it was quite moving actually. I go, just a a window. That's all any of us have is this little window of time. And D.P. Williams, whatever... I mean, I don't know the guy. I can't vouch for him. Except to say, the fruit's pretty good. And I go, there is a man who seized his window of time. Evan Roberts, a man who seized his window of time. Touched the world. I think of Fully. Fully. Who went to birth the Lord this week? What a great man. Great legacy. Wonderful man. Seized his window of time. He's left a great legacy. You go as a really high profile, um, sort of world changer. I think the answer is yes, actually. Seized his window of time. And uh, we'll get to honor his life tomorrow which is great. I'm thrilled for him personally. You know, he's with his wife and his daughter and Jesus and his son. I think fantastic. It's sad for those left behind, isn't it? Always is. So God's mark is revival. He touched the Welsh revival. He, he did something special for two years and the flow of that literally touched the globe. And people, he, he, he called people and he touched people and they took hold of their window of time And they literally touched the globe. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says this. For everything there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work. I've seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful in its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. There's a time, there's a season. We all have a window of time. we taking hold of our window? That's my question today, really. Is are we taking hold of the window of time that we've been given, or are we quite happy to sit down and just settle for a passionless existence watching the window of time go by? The potential in this room is incredible if we take hold of our window or at zero if we don't. Totally up to each of us as individuals to how we want to live, how we're prepared to throw ourselves into life, what we believe that God has asked us to do and what we believe he can do in us and through us. Are you taking hold of your window? I believe more than ever now that the true significance of our window will only be realized through prayer. That sounded like a good idea to me. But I, it's burning inside of me now. The true significance of our window will be realized through prayer. I look at the Welsh Revival. That was about prayer. People prayed and God did something incredible. Every revival throughout history that's documented started because people prayed. People got hungry for God. People wouldn't settle for the status quo. They didn't want to let their window come and go with no passion. They passionately sought God. The Roush revival, as I said, birth from prayer. But so many of us spend our time and our energy chasing our tails and focusing on temporal concerns. We wonder why we don't achieve anything great. I don't actually think these pursuits are worthy of King's kids. I think we're created for better. I think we're created for more. I think we're created to bring change. I uh, hope you remember Matthew twenty one. My temple will be called a house of prayer. And he carries on. He says, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. My temple. Who? Who's my temple? Who's my temple? Really, really personalize it. Who's my temple? Me. Me. I'm the temple of God. My temple will be called a house of prayer. My temple will not be called rubbish. Well, here's the deal. I don't know if you remember when I spoke about it, but when it's talking about us, my temple will be called a house of prayer. My, I'm his temple. When he walks through the gates of my life, what's he find going on in here? What's he find when he gets in my head? Does he find a den of thieves? Because that's all Ill- illegitimate. What does he find in here? I'm passionately pursuing him? Or does he find in here that I'm just so tied up and bound up with irrelevant and silly issues that there's no room for prayer? There's no room for me to spend time in his presence, allowing uh, him to develop in my life. What's he find when he goes through the gates of this temple? What's he find when he goes through the gates of your temple? Because this is where I think, And it's a challenge. Boy, it's a challenge. I know in my head, it's a challenge. But he can open these gates and he can find rubbish. He can open these gates and he can find that it's full of offense. He can open these gates and find that it's full of lies or it's full of trivia or vulgar or full of demonic stuff. But I am convinced that many of us waste our time and our energy playing with our den of thieves rather than praying to the king of kings. And he's saying, my temple will be a house of prayer. And I really think if we're, going to, uh, if we're going to apprehend life with passion, if we're going to take hold of the life that God's called us to live and we're going to see the things that he wants us to, to be involved with come to pass in our lives, this is our biggest battle. But to be able to push ourselves into prayer is the answer. I um, had a great privilege, a couple of days ago, I met the leader and the founder of the Back to Jerusalem movement in China, Pastor Zhu. He's 76 years old. He um, has oversight, leadership of 20 million believers in China. That's quite a few, 20 million, quite a few. So when he talks, I thought, I'll listen. (laughs) So I asked him about prayer because he was talking about prayer I thought, wow, it's obviously a major topic for him straight away. I asked him what prayer looked like in his world. It was interesting. He said, uh, prayer is the only option. It's not an option. It's the only option for him, for their world. And as I listened to him, I started to think of Ephesians chapter 6. For our fight is not against flesh and blood. Let me start again. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. In other words, the only way to combat this war that God's asked us to be involved with is through prayer because it's a spiritual war. Interestingly, in 1 Peter 3.22, it says that all the angels and authorities and powers accept Jesus' authority. So we've got to fight the battle his way. It's based on his authority, not ours. They all accept his authority. But so often I think we fight against, uh, we forget we're fighting against powers and principalities and we try to fight the symptoms instead of the cause. The symptoms are what we see in this world, the natural world, but the cause is powers and principalities that are at work. Passion. Passionless. What causes that? that? That's Got to be a symptom of something else. I think it's a symptom of it's a spiritual symptom, apathy. It's a spiritual thing that needs to be broken. I also asked Pastor Zhu um, what, well, he commented actually. He 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 spoke and um, he said when the Chinese pray, he said it's spirit. With his hand on his chest. He said it's spirit. So I said to him, I said, I've never heard such passionate prayer as I've heard from Chinese in China. And he said, yeah, it's spirit. Again, there's no other option. It's from the spirit. He said, the problem with the Western church, and he's probably got a good idea now because he lives in Colorado. He's been uh, exiled from China. He said, the problem with the Western church is you pray logic, not spirit. Pray logic, not spirit. Very interestingly, he said, actually, what we need is a mixture of both. He was very gracious. He didn't say we got it all wrong, nor did he say they've got it all right. He said what we need is a coming together. And then we get faith with works. And I think I'm starting to get the, finally, finally, I think I'm starting to get this thing on prayer. It's moved from being, okay, God's asked us to do this, to I have to do this, to there's something burning in my gut about it. That if we actually want to see change, I was really, one of the things that troubled me on our trip was that, this great God of, move of God came out of Wales. It birthed the UK church and everything else, and there's lots and lots. But as I sat in their meetings, and there was some great stuff happening, but I sat there and I looked at an aging congregation. And I went, why? Why? I heard the stories, and to give you a sense of context, In New Zealand, ex-churches, we have 60 churches and roughly 11,000 people associated with our churches. In the UK, they have 110 churches and 5,000 people. And one of those churches is 800 or 900, and another one is 300. So that's 108 churches with, do the math, someone help me, 3,000 people in them. And it, it bugged me. It really bugged me. And I thought, what's going to stop us being that in another 50 years in New Zealand? Prayer. Prayer will stop it. Pastor Zhu carried on and he said that the only way to do what God has asked us to do, because there's a massive gap between what we're capable of And what he's asked us to do. The only way to fill that gap is prayer. The only way. And so I keep talking about prayer. Because we're going to get it. (laughs) We're going to get it. I'm not going to give up on this one. We're going to get it. And we've got to learn to pray not from here but from here and from here. And we will be the people and we will see the change. And God will use us. How did the Welsh Revival, the little Lockle or whatever the village is called, it's kind of like going through Row, except it's nowhere near as pretty. And you go, why would God choose that place to move sovereignly? Well, why wouldn't God use Hamilton to move sovereignly? Why not? Every revival started from prayer. Why not let that be us? That's calling on God to move sovereignly. Because to live like that and live with that dream and live with that hope, we've got to live with passion. Actually, passion means we've got to do something. God's planted dreams in your heart. He's planted dreams in my heart. He's given us all skills and abilities. But for any of that to happen, we've actually got to do something. Get past the chicken line. You know the chicken line? Step over it. What do they say? Incredible what happens if you can step over the chicken line for 10 seconds. Change your world. Stick over that one and break my leg. But, you know, what could God do? What else did Pastor Zhu say? He said, pray without ceasing. must become a lifestyle. Pray with the spirit and the heart. It's the only option. So God changed the nation of Wales and touched the world in such a small window of time. I love love the way people responded to God in that revival. It can only be a God thing, but I love the way they responded. The, The prophets would speak and declare the word of God, and people just did. So the prophet of God might You know, having a gathering like this, might come and speak to Wayne and go, New Zealand, for you. He was on a ship later that week with his family going to New Zealand to belt the globe with the gospel. But how would we do it? Okay, I'll consider that. (laughs) I'll just weigh it up. And I will pray about that once or twice. And then, okay, New Zealand, yeah, so oh, yeah, i better go and get an education. I'm going to have to learn how to speak New Zealand. So I'll go and do that. And then i um, oh, you yeah, know, I probably need a profession. Now, I'm not saying any of this is bad, but I probably need a profession for when I get there. So I'll go to university, I'll get a degree, and I'll do 10 years in the trade, so I'm worth hiring. Now we're 10 or 15 years down the track, and that burning desire has got with life. And we go... Ah, oh, no, maybe the prophet was just having a bad day, I don't think. You know? The prophetic word of God is powerful. I don't know what God's ever spoken over your life, but take notice. I remember coming to this church in 2007 when our national conference was held here. And Ron Galton, um, ex-national leader, was standing up and he stood Jan and I up amongst the crowd. And he started prophesying over us. And he said, God's going to use you for this and that and the other thing. And it was quite exciting. And then he made a mistake, and we all laughed. as he said, I see you in this place. (laughs) We all went, it's Hamilton. We live in Christchurch. God's called us there till we die. What's God spoken over your life? What do you need to step into? What do you need to action? Where do you need to stir the passion? What seeds are in your heart that just need to stir up and they need the the breath of God on them again to stir you into life, to live with the passion that he's called you to live and touch the world that he's called us to live in? Because as much as I love what happened in the Welsh Revival, I'm not praying for that. Because that's yesterday. But I am praying that God will touch us, that he will touch our nation, that he will touch the planet, that he will touch us as people, that he will stir us, that he will pour out his Holy Spirit on us, that he will cause us to be carriers of a fire that will touch our nation and the nations of the world today. Whatever that looks like. Prayer. Two Chronicles if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Will humble themselves. Then they'll pray. Then they'll seek my face. And they'll turn from their wicked ways. And I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sins and I will restore their land. Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, never stop praying or pray without ceasing, it says. Never stop praying. So we have a window. Uh, What are you doing with your window? How long is your window going to last? How long is my window going to last? No idea. You know, Graham Fullerton, fully, I am absolutely sure that last Monday he didn't wake up and plan his week and go, well, on Wednesday, I think I'll die. I say that respectfully. I'm sure he didn't plan his week that way, but God saw it fit that his window came to a close. We don't know. You don't know. We work our tails off trying to make sure that we're Saving for retirement and all these kind of things. How do you even know you're going to get there? You don't. But presumptuous, really. Some take-homes for you. (laughs) Because this is worth thinking about. Make the most of your window. How do you do that? Well, how about this week? You ask, what is one thing I can do this week that'll leave my mark? What's one thing I can do this week that'll leave my mark can I ask you this question is there anything that you're holding back on and why are you holding back anything you know you've been called to do any, anything that you know you should be pushing into but you're holding back why are you holding back on it ask yourself the question why are you holding back Maybe you need to ask yourself, what does the mark, what does my mark look like? And my last thought would be that prayer makes a difference. That's a statement. The question is, do you actually believe that? Do you believe that? Prayer makes a difference, makes the difference. Do you believe it? And how's your pre life? There's a little bit there to think about. What was the Welsh Revival all about? The Welsh Revival, lots of things happened, actually, in the Welsh Revival. There was a real especially in the, the apostolic church at the time, was the forerunner. There was a real um, um, what's the word? recognition and receptivity toward the Ephesians four ascension gifts. Pastor, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher. Pastors and prophet, uh, prophets and apostles were recognized as God's way of leading his church and that went to a whole new level through the apostolic movement. The rest of the world's pretty much on the same page now. But the apostolic church was a real forerunner, but that wasn't the purpose of the Welsh Revival. The purpose of the Welsh Revival was God was connecting people to himself. The purpose of the Welsh Revival was souls. 250,000 people over a two-year period gave their lives to Christ. It changed the nation. The nation was, it was, a, it was a mining nation and it, and it changed. The, the horses in the mines couldn't work because all the cussing stopped and the, and the horses couldn't understand the instructions they were being given. The judges of the day started walking around with white gloves on their hand which meant that they had no cases in court. People would go to the pub for a drink and either find it closed or there was a prayer meeting happening in there. That's radical community transformation. That's radical. And how did it happen? Yeah. How did it happen? Yeah. So we either believe that or we don't. And if we do, what are we going to do about it? Jesus and prayer. we will be good this week. It's all about connecting people with God. You know, I don't know if you're walking with Jesus this morning. I don't know if you can, if you call him Saviour and Lord, but if you don't, everything that Jesus is doing, that God is doing on the planet these days is about connecting people to himself. You and I were designed to walk with God. We're designed to do life with God. Our best life is in relationship with God. And I don't know what you may have had presented to you as far as religion goes, what models you may have seen, even what people may have presented. We do our best, but we're not God. And his heart is that every person walks with him. That's why Jesus went to a cross. He went and died a barbaric death. And he died that death, not because it was a good idea, he died that death because it was the only way of restoring, reconciling people to God. You see, we, we call it sin. Basically, it's everything that's not right. Everything that's missed the mark. It put this wedge in between us and God. And somehow that wedge had to be removed. And that's what Jesus did. He went to a cross to pay the price to remove that wedge. So that whoever believes in Him, whoever puts their faith in Him, will then be restored in relationship to God. We do the best we can to outwalk that. Warts and all, still people, not perfect, but God is. And this morning, I want to give you an invitation. If you're not walking with Jesus Christ, if you can't say He's your Lord and Savior, how about this morning inviting Him into your world? How about starting the most amazing journey you can possibly start? Getting to know God, getting to know your Creator, going on the journey with Him. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to get your life right or anything else. You don't have to sort out all your issues. you just got to say, Jesus, I invite you into my world today and I'm starting to journey with you. He'll sort the rest of it out over time. Or well, maybe you're here this morning and the passion's gone and you're really just drifting along and today you need to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to step back up to the plate. I'm going to walk with you again. I want you to stir passion in my heart and I want to walk with you. I want to give you my everything. I want to start the journey again. I want to start afresh. You can do that. And in just a moment, I've... You're in either of those places. You've never received Jesus, but you'd like to, or you want to start afresh today, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand just to acknowledge to me that you're doing that. You're really acknowledging to God, but I want to be able to acknowledge you. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if that's you. You're saying, Jesus, I choose you. I want to walk with you. Can you bow your heads just for a moment? So that's you, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment. And I'd like you to hold it up, please, so I can see. Be bold. There's nothing greater than getting your life right with God. Nothing greater than journeying life with God. This morning, you know you need to respond to him. Can you lift your hand now, please? Just make sure I see you. and lift their hands so far. Is there anyone else this morning saying yes to Jesus? Be bold. It's fantastic. The Bible tells me that when one person gets their heart right with Christ, those words that you've spoken over people's lives that are sitting there and not that they're sitting there dormant at the moment, Father, that You would start to breathe life on them in Jesus' Name, that You would start to stir and light a fire in our hearts and our bellies that would cause passion to rise. Father, I um, command passionlessness to not be part of our lives in Jesus' Name. I command those the weight of apathy resting on people's lives to be broken in Jesus' Name and that passion would flood our beings and that we would take hold of the passion that you place in us, and we would walk boldly and strongly into everything that you are calling for us. Lord, as a church, may we be on the forefront of what you wanna do. As people, may we be on the forefront of being active with you and and like putty in your hands so that we, we are used by you the way you wanna use us for your purposes. And Father, I ask that faith would rise. Let the things that come up in front of us that say you can't, now's not the right time, you shouldn't, no, you didn't hear right, whatever. With wisdom, Lord, let us walk forward with great passion and faith in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I ask this morning that you would rest on every person in the name of Jesus. God, I ask that you would bring conviction this morning to each of us of what you've placed in our hand and what you want us to do with it. Oh God, and that we would seize our window of time and we would make it count in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Remain standing. We are going to sing. I'm not the boss. (laughs) Just cheering the meeting, that's all. But we're going to sing together. Wasn't that a great word? Yes. Fantastic. Here's the challenge. We need to put it into action. Yeah. (laughs) Tuesday night, 7.30. We're going to be praying together every Tuesday. I love Tuesday nights. I missed Tuesday nights while we were away. So looking forward to Tuesday night here, 7.30. We're going to pray. Yes. So just before we sing, Parents. The take home question for all of the children this week is how can I be a leader at kindy, school, home, uni or work? That's a good question, isn't it? How can I be a leader? Great, not am I a leader? Yes, we are. How can we be a leader? Good, Good discussions at home this week. Enjoy those discussions. And thank you, church, for your giving. I declare blessing upon the givers in Jesus' name. And thank you, God, for blessing our community, our city and our nation through our giving. The giving stations are on the left in the foyers. If you are here for the first time, please pick up a welcome bag. We'd love you to pick that up if you'd like. Uh, to know more information or us to get to know you more. We would love to get to know you more. So please fill out the card inside and pop it into one of the giving boxes. That would be fantastic. If you would like someone to stand with you in prayer, please come up the front afterwards. We'd love to, to pray with you. That would be great. Let's sing, let's celebrate. So known in 6 p.m gathering here.